Good afternoon. Welcome to my instant reaction. The Niners just lost to P.J. Walker and the Cleveland Browns. Give the Browns defense credit. That's a great defense. A great defense. It's the best defense the Niners will face all year. Also, give the Niners some grace here. It's their first loss of the season, and it took some very questionable calls and a couple missed kicks for this to happen. I mean, on the last drive alone, when the Browns actually move down the field and kick the game-winning field goal, like, there were two calls that looked questionable. First, to Sean Gibson, unnecessary roughness. It looked like he hit the guy in the chest. And then Traverius Ward, pass interference. It looked like good coverage. Um, so I'm not going to blame the refs. I'm just not going to... Let's not overreact to one loss. There were some ticky-tack calls. There were some missed kicks. It's just one game, and the Niners lost by two. This doesn't mean that they're frauds or they're not going to win the Super Bowl. Let's just remember not to overreact. But we did learn lots of things today. So let's be honest about what we learned and put it in the proper context. How about that for a show after a game? And let's start with not Brock Purdy. We'll get to Brock Purdy, but let's start with Jake Moody. He's really the story of this game. Because despite how bad the Niners played on offense, despite how poorly Brock Purdy played, it was his worst game of his career. I mean, they played well enough to win. They led the drive at the end, put the team in field goal range, and Jake Moody had a 41-yarder to win it. 41, not 51, 40. That's a gimme. You're supposed to be money inside 45 if you're a championship kicker. Robbie Gould. Robbie Gould. Money inside 45. Jake Moody, much stronger leg than Robbie Gold, but he missed a 41-yard kick. And we've seen him be great. He was great all year, the first five games. He was great in training camp. He has a really strong leg, a really strong Sebastian Jenikowski. He's like the right-footed Sebastian Jenikowski. But like Seabass, this guy will shank short field goals kick them hard and miss them wide. Can you really trust Jake Moody in a big game, a playoff game on a championship team? It doesn't look like he's all the way locked in the way a championship kicker needs to be. It looks like the Niners should call Robbie Gold and get, and see what his price is. Maybe the Niners could develop Jake Moody the way they develop Trey Lance. But right now, it's looking like they can't rely on a rookie kicker who's got some yips. This is a team that's ready to go, and they don't have any patience for anyone who's not ready to go as well. And I don't know about Jake Moody. Robbie Gold is available. What is the deal? Is there something personal? between? I don't understand, but I think they should work it out. Send him a care package. Whatever it takes. Work it out with Robbie because this new kicker ain't it. Ain't it. He could kick, he could make the rest of his kicks the, the rest of the year, but I don't trust him in a playoff game and I don't see how the Niners could either. I don't see how he could trust himself. This is a big problem. Rob, I mean, like Brock Purdy, you think, oh, he'll bounce back. It's his first bad game. Let's not overreact. What about Jake Moody? Are you really confident in Jake Moody moving forward on this team? 
Or should he be playing for someone like Tennessee? Somewhere where there's no expectations and no one notices when you miss. Jake Moody is the big worry coming from this game. Rishi Rich, Ricky Rich says a Schwartz 8-1 versus Kyle. It might be 9-1 now. Jeff says, why did Kyle let the clock run down with 40 seconds uh, and a timeout left? Should have gotten closer. True, but 41 yards is pretty close. He could have got closer. Moises says there's a difference between a kicker who can make field goals and PATs versus a kicker with proven experience kicking game winners or kicks to tie. How can you be win now with the rookie kicker? Tell Kyle. Yeah, I mean, kicker is, in a lot of ways, I mean, it's almost as important as your quarterback in the sense that he scores a lot of points. A lot of your scoring comes from your kicker. Nathan Flores is just a terrible game all around. I called a letdown game after last Sunday. Shouldn't have been in that position to rely, to rely on Moody. True. I still don't understand why we didn't run the ball more with Mason instead of pass, pass, pass. We got to talk about that. I'm getting there. King Geo says Nick Bosa got shut down by the rookie. We should have drafted and Moody is overrated. BT Dublin or Ward. King Geo. Wave 9 says Browns. Ooh, too soon? Yeah, a little bit. Jack Hammer. Josh Wyatt says Purdy didn't exactly... Uh, Purdy did exactly what his doubter said he couldn't. Game-winning drive, check. Adverse conditions, check. Top three defense, check. Missing multiple weapons, check. He delivered regardless of the kick. Yeah, yeah, he did. He came through on the end. In the end, well, his quarterback was 55, though. Uh, so let's talk about Brock Purdy. Let's give an honest assessment of Brock Purdy. First of all, let's start with the good. Despite how poorly he played, 12 of 27, 125 yards, touchdown, interception, 55.3 quarterback rate. Despite all that, the end of the game, he led the drive that should have won the game, which is encouraging because this was Purdy at his worst. And yet, when the chips were down and he needed to do what he needed, he moved the ball. It was about to go three and out. He threw the ball short of the sticks on third and 10, got a defensive holding penalty, and cruised from there on out. So that's the mark of a good quarterback. Even on your worst day, you can win the game. He put the team in position to win. So I wouldn't say he was an F. But what he did in this game was really disconcerting because last week we were talking, we were saying crazy stuff. Is this guy an MVP? Is this guy elite? Is this guy the next Joe Montana, Steve Young? Like, no, not yet. Absolutely not. Not going to win an MVP with a game like this on his resume. This was bad. 125 yards, hit 72 for most of the game, like, he missed multiple deep throws again. He had Christian McCaffrey wide open deep for a touchdown, missed him. He couldn't hold on. He couldn't grip the ball. It was rainy. I don't know. He couldn't hold it. He, he, the ball slipped out of his hand once. He landed on it. It was a fumble. Thank goodness he landed on it. He couldn't drive the ball through the wind. It's like he really couldn't control where the ball was going. He missed wide. He missed high. He missed behind. He threw one pick. He could have easily thrown three. Threw one to a linebacker. Threw one to a corner that dropped it. By far the worst he's played. And by at a certain point, it felt like Kyle Shanahan didn't trust him anymore. I wouldn't have trusted him either. He did not have control over the ball in this game until the very last drive. So, I don't know. Is it a one-off for Brock Purdy? Maybe. Remember, he's going against the best defense in the league other than the Niners. Not, a, not many other defenses have the talent to do to, the, to, to Brock what, what Cleveland did. But I feel like Jim Schwartz, that defensive coordinator, probably showed a blueprint to the rest of the league what you should be doing to Brock Purdy. And I'm not sure exactly what that blueprint is. I'm going to have to watch the film. Got to watch the film, just like the coaches say. But I feel like this is, this is big. This is the first time 
that the Niners offense looked bad with Brock Purdy on the field. And maybe that's because the Browns are a great defense. And maybe it's because Debo got hurt. And McCaffrey got hurt, but still had Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and Jordan Mason and Kyle Shanahan. And it was like seven points on the first drive and then 14 the rest of the way. And one of those touchdowns came because Diamondor Lenore intercepted a pass and put the ball on the eight yard line for the Niners offense. And then Jordan Mason ran it in. So Brock Purdy, like what do you have? What one good drive, two good drives, two good drives in this game, two or three. Yeah. Still think it's, you got to remember, he's only like 14 games into his career. Don't want to make big statements about him because we're still learning. He hasn't really faced adversity. Today was the first adversity he's faced other than getting injured. And he responded at the end, but 17 points. It should have been 23. It should have been 23 if Jake Moody hadn't missed those kicks. But 23? Hey, I mean, in a bad week against a great defense, missing players, sure. It's not the worst. So let's not overreact to this. What we learned today is that Brock Purdy is human. He's not just going to put up 30 points like he's breathing every week. The book on him is getting a little bit better. He is a product of his supporting cast to a degree. Everyone is. And when you take away Debo and Christian McCaffrey, it gets a lot more difficult. We saw today what Brock Purdy would look like on other teams. Against a great defense. So nothing to overreact about, but definitely brings us back down to earth on Brock Purdy. Let's be honest. He's not an elite quarterback. He's a very promising young quarterback on a very, very good team who has a lot of growth left. And to Brock Purdy's credit, he improves. Like every quarterback has a bad game. I don't think he's going to have two in a row. I wouldn't expect that. Next week, he's going to be in a dome in Minnesota. No wind, no rain. He's going to be really good. So we learned a little bit about Brock Purdy. We came back down to earth. We sobered up. He's still a good quarterback. He's still the right guy for the Niners. Uh, Hibernate, HB Nate 55 says, can we get the definition of forward pass, please? No, you're not allowed to do that in the NFL. Zach Rivera says, did Purdy clutch up on the last drive or meh? I thought he was clutch on the last drive. Jake Booty is the weak link, says Niners Dodgers. That was very creative. Omar says, here's five bucks. 29er says, here's two bucks. Did uh, caution and PTSD kick on BP when spiking on second down? Maybe. Gerardo Ramirez, two bucks. Geo dude says, Jake was a bit too moody, drafted a kicker instead of that right tackle that zeroed Nick Bosa, saying it all off-season draft to Juan Jones. Yep, they probably uh, regret that one. MM Forever says, 30 seconds, one timeout, don't try to get more yards for a win. To be fair, like, the issue wasn't the length. Like, Jake Moody just kicked it as hard as he could and missed wide right. I'm not going to blame Kyle on that one, man. 41-yard kick and you bomb it to the right. Like, just tap it in. Tap it in. Give it a little tappy. Tap, tap, taparoo. He should have hit the little tap, tap, taparoo. But he went like Happy Gilmore, shuffle, drive, and just bombed it to the right. Man, stop. Tap it in, man. Send it home. The ball just wants to go home. Bags are packed. It's got his plane ticket. Send it home. But Jake didn't want to do that, did he? Hi, Grant. Jim Schwartz is 9-1 against Kyle Shanahan. Correct, correct, correct. Wave 9, big statements were made about the last guy in the rain. That's true, man. That's true. It all comes full circle. Let's talk Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan did not have a good game today. And it was he, he seemed like he was just off the whole time. First of all, as a head coach, 
his team comes out and immediately runs into the Browns and starts a fight, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Trent Williams, it's like, you're not locked in. You aren't taking this game seriously. You take the Browns, you take the, the Cowboys seriously every year. You measure yourself so hard against the Cowboys, but the Browns, you kind of just cruise into town and disrespect them right off the bat. So the team wasn't locked in. Kyle Shanahan, his, his script, his opening script, beautiful. Always great. Easy touchdown. Thinking this is going to be quick work. And then it all fell apart. Once Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator for Cleveland, got a look at what Kyle was doing, he shut it down. Shut down the run game like I haven't seen anyone shut down the Niners run game in a minute. Put a bunch of pressure on Kyle uh, on Brock Purdy. Uh, made Brandon Ayuk's life very difficult. Knocked out Debo, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, Kyle Shanahan had no answer for what Jim Schwartz was doing until the very, very end when he had that field goal drive. But he did some erratic stuff, first of all. So they, it, they were up 17-16 late in the fourth quarter. Nick Bosa sacked P.J. Walker on third and 10. Niners get the ball back with 321, up one. Up one. Caffrey's out, Debo's out. You still have Jordan Mason, who's really good. He just scored a touchdown in the Niners' previous offensive play. He scores a touchdown. The Browns drive down the field. Nick Bosa gets the sack. Browns kick a field goal. The Niners are still up one. What does Kyle do? Three passes in a row. First, first, uh, first down, drop back, Brock Purdy, intentional grounding. Already, right away, you're in second and 20. Then it's a 10-yard throw to IU. Great. Third and 10. Throw again. Three state throws. Throwing on first down, up one with Jordan Mason there. Why? Now, if you ask Kyle Shanahan, it was the right call. Just like passing all that much in the Super Bowl in the end was the right call. Kyle Shanahan's a really good coach when everything's going well. And he's really good at getting that early lead and cruising. Putting you behind the eight ball, going up 14-3 and cruising. But he didn't do that in this game. He had a chance. He was up 7-0. But then it was 10-7. And once you get Kyle Shanahan in a close game, the worst of his nature comes out. He freaks out. He does erratic stuff when the pressure's on and the game is close. What do you do in this game? called three straight passes with a lead uh, 321 left. If he did that in a Super Bowl and the Niners lost, he'd be living this down the rest of his career like the other gaffes he's made. That's a classic Kyle Shanahan, late game, close game gaff. Three straight throws, up one. I don't know. I don't know, man. This is the problem with the, the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan. They could be, they could win 14 games in a row. And that one close game, that one big game at the end, what's Kyle going to do? You kind of know what he's going to do. Something erratic. Something you quite can't explain. Something you're like, man, Kyle Shanahan knows better than that. Three straight throws. <laughs> what? Did you panic? I don't know. He's supposed to be a genius. He loses Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, and all of a sudden there's averaging 3.9 yards per play? You still have Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. You can't get the ball to George Kittle. You're giving the carries to Elijah Mitchell who doesn't deserve him. I don't know. So your team wasn't ready. It was an emotional letdown. Then you got out coached by Jim Schwartz. And your game management at the end was bad. A lot of people saying he should have got more yards at the end. I mean, he went for a spike with time left. 
the 23-yard line, go further. What are you scared of? thought you trusted your offense. He seemed like he lost complete trust. And he kept saying, like, we expected this to be a low-scoring, grimy game. Why would you say that? Why would you tell that to your, to your team? Hey, we're not going to play that well on offense this week. I, I, I looked in the crystal ball. Yeah, we're going to struggle. It's okay. I just want you to be prepared for how much we're going to struggle. on. You spoke that one into existence. Why would you tell your players, hey, forget about your stats this week. It's going to be an ugly game. Nah, I kind of feel like this was a self-fulfilling prophecy, Kyle Shanahan. I don't know. That's the thing with Kyle. Sometimes he psychs himself out. It was, is it the Jim Schwartz? Effect? He's nine. He's one and nine against Jim Schwartz. And it's like he really struggles to score even 20 points against this guy. I think he psyched himself out and psyched the whole team out. Why were they fighting before the game? That just seems so out of character. And it seemed like it, it was a foreshadowing of what the Niners did or didn't do in this game. Um, let's, let's keep taking super chats. CMC wouldn't get along, wouldn't get going when he was in the game, BT-Dub. Laughed my ass off. True. Cameron Clark says, L is on me, bought a Brock Purdy jersey this week. Was Dre Greenlaw missed big time, Terrell Thomas. I'm going to talk about him. Josh Wyatt. In week six of 1981, Josh, Joe Montana threw for 213 yards, 57% completions with zero touchdowns and two interceptions. The 5-0 Niners lost to Cleveland 15-12 in a rainstorm that day. Hey, how about that? I'm trying my best not to overreact right now. It's just one game. Eddie V. So much time left at the end to run the ball. You get you get closer for the field goal and two Mason could have scored a TD scared play calling. Uh, okay. You're convincing. You're convincing me. You got me. Tony Parks is basically no screens or short throws called except to TD to McCaffrey to me. Shanahan 70% responsible for the L. Yeah. He just psyched himself out against Jim Schwartz, Kyle green. I don't know why we don't give the ball to Mason three times and make them waste their timeouts. Then trust our D at worst case with four point lead. Instead, we throw three times against great pasty. I'm with you on that. That was erratic. Mac daddy says pretty will be fine. He just, he let us down even though everyone had a terrible game. Kyle was in his own head way before we played this game. I agree. Madden Faithful, anyone else notice Moody didn't take his practice kick when they iced him? Shake my head. Didn't notice that. Terrell Thomas, has our trade targets changed? I mean, what do they need? A running back? A wide receiver? Rob Schneider says once McCaffrey went out, Kyle got scared and panicked. I think there's something to that. Brown's defense didn't respect Purdy. That's key, says Wave 9. No, they did not. Scott Koenig says, love it. Just tap it in. Give it a little taparoo, not bomb it, right? Great reference, Grant. I feel like I reference that movie every time I go live. Suchin says, uh, it hap stuff happens is the best way I can put this. Kicker is a concern, but I'm sure we'll put up 35 on Minnesota next week and I'll be fine. Just stay healthy. I'm, I'm sure you're right. Omar says, did you see Kyle's face prior to the kick he knew? Did you see Kyle's face all game? He was all revved up and, and upset. and like rushing and, and frustrated. And it's, and then you, they would cut to Jim Schwartz on the sideline. He'd be like, yeah, that little self-satisfied smirk on his face. Like, I know exactly what Kyle's doing next. Did you notice that? So calm and arrogant. He deserved it. But he had that little smirk on his face. Like, hmm, hmm. Like, well, he's one step ahead. I like that. It was funny. Ethan M says, Kyle has terrible time management and late game situational decisions. PJ Walker had easy throws all game. Where was that for Brock consistently? Yikes. Cinema Pigeon, Randy Gregory looking decent, very fast rusher, agree. Loner Incognito says, uh, this game may be a blessing in disguise. Off a great win than this debacle, Niners better be humbled by this and come back better. They need to be. Vish pissed off brother Bob says, CMC equals engine and the real MVP of this offense. Leave Vish alone. I hate yogurt, says Debo really started a fight pregame with a cheap shoulder hit and gets injured with a shoulder injury. Lynch, please trade this diva for a right tackle. 
Uh, Serenity says Niners needed this loss. Too much ego. Too much ego. There's a theme. What can they fix? Seems like multiple problems today, but I'm traveling and watching full game tonight. Thanks. Yeah, we'll see. KOSZG says, your thoughts on penalties on Brown's last drive? They were ticky-tack. But the Niners have been the beneficiary of a lot of ticky-tack penalties this year. So that's what that is. King Geo says, Moody and Latu should have been Ringo and Dewan Jones. But the silver lining is I don't see a true weakness out there today. Brother Bob Eaglet, how long is your leash on Moody before gold? It's over. I want gold in the team now. Now. Mike V. Skate says, going to ask again, is Shanahan a good coach or does the team make him look good? It's one game. It's one game. He's, he, he's ha he was having the best season of his, uh, He was in the zone. Jim Schwartz owns him. I don't know. Is Jim Schwartz a good coach? I think he is. Christian McCaffrey left this game with the oblique slash rib injury and the Niners don't know how serious it is. He tried to come back and play through it and immediately left on his right side. Maybe it's nothing and he won't miss time, but if he does miss time, man, we talked about this all year. We said, you're overusing Christian McCaffrey. You're wearing him down. You're cruising to victories. You don't need to give Christian McCaffrey 25 touches a game. Do that in the playoffs. Back off. Because they add up. They carry over. And you're going to wear them down. And I don't know if today's injury was, an issue, was a product of overuse, but how do you know? How could you say it wasn't? 11 carries, and on the 11th one, well, more, before the 11th one, but 11 carries, and he's now hurt. And you saw what this offense looked like without McCaffrey. Jordan Mason's good, but Kyle Shanahan is a totally different play caller without McCaffrey. He loses a lot of confidence. And it's like the confidence he seems to show in Brock Purdy, is that really confidence in Brock Purdy? He seemed to lose his confidence in Brock Purdy today. The person he's confident in is Christian McCaffrey. He gives Christian the ball. He leaves him on the field, tries to take him off. McCaffrey says, no. He's like, all right, I'll give you the ball again. Can't do that anymore. It backfired already, and we called it. They were calling plays in September and October like it was January. And now you got to hold your breath and hope that McCaffrey doesn't miss time. Because without him, it's hard to say how good this team is. I guess we'll find out. Didn't look good in this game. Oblique slash rib, that's a tough one for a, a running back. That's a very painful spot. Have you ever broken a rib? It hurts to breathe. It's excruciating to cough or laugh or eat. I can only imagine playing running back and getting hit in that spot multiple times per carry. Not for me. Then again, I didn't even play freshman football. So there's that. But Christian McCaffrey, this is a huge thing. We talked about this. Trent Williams went down in the game, came back. That's the one guy who might even be more important to the Niners because his backup ain't so good, but he came back. Christian McCaffrey did not. We'll have to see what's up with him moving forward. The Niners play Monday night next week in Minnesota, so they have an extra day for him to get healthy, but they got to be careful. If he's not 100%, maybe don't play him next week. Or if you do play him, maybe, maybe, here's an idea. Bear with me. Rotate in Jordan Mason more because it's October and this guy's hurt already. Just exactly what you didn't want. Andrew says this dropped the Niners to 17 best team, right? Yeah. Sean McGee says, Grant, any possibility you not being at the game caused him to lose? No quality control. They should put me on the plane. 
Brother Bob says, I like this. You more. He stole my ideas. So LOL. Okay. It's an inside joke. 808 Niners says the D got run over, uh, run all over 160 yards. What WTF? I'm going to talk about that. Brother Bob, like we knew he would uh, injure Lance. He injured CMC. That's what I was trying to say, man. It was so inevitable. Trade Zach, trade for Zach Moss. Need another all around back. Okay. From your lips to God's ears. Let's talk the backups at running back. Jordan Mason, Elijah Mitchell. For whatever reason, Kyle Shanahan has, has it in his mind that Elijah Mitchell is the number two running back on this team. Even though Elijah Mitchell has been hurt for the last two years and missed like all of the offseason and is playing terrible this year. He was awful in this game. I know he was good a few years ago. He's not the same player he was back then. Sorry, Elijah, not his fault. The Niners ran him into the ground. I don't know that he'll ever be the same. He's always hurt. And he's not quite in the groove Jordan Mason is. Kyle, you need to react here. It's not about Elijah Mitchell anymore. You got to put him, drop him down the depth chart and actually use Jordan Mason because he's doing a great job this year. He gets better as the game goes along. He runs really hard. It's really hard to tackle. He's a really good backup running back. He could start for the Rams easily. He could start for the, he could start for the Browns easily. He could start for a lot of teams. Niners have him. Kyle's like, I don't know what to do with Jordan Mason. What should I do? Should I, oh, I'm going to use Elijah Mitchell. No. It's so clear who the best, second best running back on this team is, and it's Mason. And if Mitchell, if McCaffrey has to miss time, Mason should be getting 20 carries a game. What are you scared of? Had they given Mason more carries today, they just might have won. Had they given Mitchell no carries today, they just might have won. So, Kyle, I'm talking to you. Quality control. I'm not there. But come on, man. Jordan Mason is your backup running back. He could start for a lot of teams in this league. Suchin says Kyle's emotion, Kyle emotions through a game. Yeah, that's true. Meanwhile, Jim Schwartz just smirking. Joshua Wyatt says we act like great quarterbacks don't have bad games. This is exactly the type of game and exactly the type of kick Butler makes and Mahomes gets the credit for even though he struggled for three and a half quarters. That is true. That is true. It's important to remember that all good quarterbacks have bad games, and this is Purdy's essentially his first bad game. Debo Samuel injured his shoulder early on. Two carries, no catches, never came back. Debo Samuel is hurt a lot. And in this game, it's like before the game, he got in that fight with the Browns, and he like threw a shoulder, and then he injured his shoulder. It's like, what kind of instant football karma is that, man? Don't do stuff like that. Don't do disrespectful stuff. But really, like, Debo, we gave him a lot of grace this offseason. Like, hey, man, you had a terrible year last year. That whole contract drama was a bad look. It seems like your ego took over. But then, after a bad year where you really, like, kind of tanked your career and gained weight, you were honest with yourself. You acknowledged what you did. You made the changes. You lost the weight. You, you went to all the practice. You rededicated yourself to your craft that you maybe hadn't been so faithful to. Your craft. You rededicated it. All the signs look good. Debo's back. He's not having a great year. Better than last year, but he's not having a great year, and he's hurt again. And I don't know. I don't know what... I mean, it seems like his heart's in the right place, and he's doing everything right. But maybe... He's just on the downside of his career. Maybe he's just a 27-year-old athlete who was better when he was 25. I don't know. But he's hurt a lot. Him and Elijah Mitchell. Can you really count on Debo Samuel? I don't know. Maybe not anymore. 
And it's like, if McCaffrey, you always say like, if McCaffrey went down, hey, at least the Niners have Debo. They have two similar guys. They're, 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 they're cool there. Now both guys are hurt. And you saw what the Niners offense looked like without both of their gadget players. They're guys who can play running back and wide receiver. All of a sudden, their offense looked bad. Bad. So I'm not knocking Debo. He's doing everything right. It's just too bad. It seems like despite his best efforts, he may never regain what he once had. That his best play may be in the past. Don't know. But he's injured. And the Niners probably going to have to give him an MRI. We'll see what happens to Debo Samuel. Again, they got eight games before their next, eight week, eight days before their next game. Monday night in, in Minnesota. We'll see what happens to Debo Samuel. But this is something to monitor. Debo Samuel injured again. Mark Soto, Ayuk is no number one receiver's Receiver struggles in uh, competitive catch situations. Every loss counts this year for that number one seed. Yeah. Quinn Howard, love you, Grant. More than the Niners games. Your analysis gets better with every loss. Keep your foot on the next. Okay, let's talk. Ayuk had a really nice catch and run on the final drive, sort of set the Niners up for that game-winning touchdown. Could have been one of the heroes of the game, but they lost. So we're not going to remember that. What we're going to remember is his drops. He had at least three. Ones that hit him on in both hands. And you know he had such a good season up to now, and you're thinking this is his arrival. This is when he comes out and establishes himself as a number one, not just a number one receiver, but an elite receiver. And today was his opportunity to do it because Debo went down, Christian went, McCaffrey went down. This is your time to step up and be the reason the Niners won. He almost was with that one play on the final drive. He hasn't had moments like that in his career. He's been productive, but not clutch. And in this in this game, he was clutch, but not productive. I mean, he he had some some drops that if he had caught, Purdy's numbers would have looked a lot better. And frankly, elite, like even non-elite wide receivers make some of those catches he dropped. But like elite ones make them all the time. Tyreek Hill makes those catches. Justin Jefferson makes that catch down the middle. You know what's what I'm talking about. So I don't know what it is with Brandon Ayuk. Can you, can you really go to him consistently as a number one guy? Or is he more of a number two guy in terms of his mentality? Does he want to be relied on? When you have to rely on him, when you are relying on him, how does he respond? In this game, not well. Like it was a little too much, a little too much pressure. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm overanalyzing his psyche. But I, I don't understand how all of a sudden he drops three passes in one game. He'd been having such a good season. Finally goes against some really good corners that make life tough on him. And what, is, was he in his head? I don't know. But you come away from this game thinking, ah, maybe Brandon Ayuk is an elite. Maybe all you, maybe when he faces an elite corner, he's the one at a disadvantage. Brandon. 10 targets, four catches. First good corners he faced. He's been taking advantage of some weak ones. Patrick Peterson. Whoever the hell is on Arizona and Dallas, not now. So we got, we got to be a little bit more discerning with Brandon Ayuk. Is he elite? To me, the answer is not yet. Not yet. Maybe next week, but not this week. The Dark Azriel says, do you think they should have uh, ran one more play to get Moody closer for an easier kick? Yeah, sure. But, dude, it's a 41-yard kick, and you blasted it wide right. I mean, you, that, you kicked it as hard as you could, man. There's no accuracy or touch or whatever. I don't know what you want to call it, but I'm, 
If 41 is too far for Jake Moody, please bring in Robbie Gold right now. Mike V. Skate says, what was the biggest reason for this loss on this game? Love the unbiased take on games. Well, maybe Jake Moody missing two field goals, Brock Purdy playing his worst game of his career, and Kyle Shanahan not having his, his team really emotionally or schematically ready to play the game. Okay, let's talk something positive. Randy Gregory was really good. First game with the Niners, he didn't start, I don't believe. But by the end of the game, he was out there opposite Nick Bosa. And, I mean, he had a really good game. He had a sack, and he had three quarterback hits and two tackles for loss. Bosa had a sack and two quarterback hits and one tackle for loss. So on the, on the stat sheet, Randy Gregory was better than Nick Bosa. Obviously, he's not better than Nick Bosa, but... That's what's supposed to happen. If all the attention is going to Bosa, the guy on the other side should have one-on-ones and should be able to put up numbers. It looked like Drake Jackson was going to do that week one when he put up three sacks, but he didn't do anything since then. Didn't do anything in this game. Those sacks probably were lucky. And now you got Randy Gregory, who's actually gifted, a lot better than Drake Jackson. And he's taking advantage of the opportunities that Drake Jackson couldn't take advantage of, that Cleveland Farrell couldn't take advantage of. So... I think this is significant. The defense was good in this game. Committed a lot of penalties. Randy Gregory wasn't one of those guys. Randy Gregory was one of their best players in this game. So now they have four D linemen, four legit pass rushers. And Gregory's just getting started. What do we learn about the Niners? Their their four-man pass rush is really, 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 really good. They still struggle a little bit against mobile quarterbacks, but really they, they mostly ate P.J. Walker's lunch, mostly. And as Randy Gregory gets more time with this unit, I mean, they're going to use him in more creative ways. He'll feel more comfortable. This is a big addition. Brightest spot from this game is the addition to Randy Gregory and what it means going forward for this team. Finally, they have a second good edge rusher because Drake Jackson isn't good enough. Cleland Farrell isn't good enough. It seems like the Niners are really finding players at every position who are good enough, at least good enough, except kicker. Is Jake Moody good enough? I don't know. The Niners don't know. Jake Moody doesn't know. That's scary. It's an important position. Is Brock Purdy good enough? Yeah. Is he elite? Don't know. Is he good enough? Yeah. Is Jake Moody good enough? No. Not right now. That's up to him to prove. Brother Bob says PP will say BP was a Hall of Fame today. No, he was buns. Sorry. Mark Fayless says, sorry for leaving you, Grant. Here's five bucks from a Niner homer. Thanks, Mark. Legendary answers. Niners says, need to send Robbie Gold that, hey, big head texts. Yeah. Daza says, the concern is what Brock Purdy looks like without CMC and against an elite D, plus the O-line was awful. It was a great defense, though. It's hard to say that, like, that's what, Kyle, that, that, that's what Brock looks like. Last thing. Niners give up 160 rushing yards on the ground. It's no coincidence that that happened when Dre Greenlaw didn't play. Fred Warner's a great linebacker, and he's better than Dre. Eh. I want to say he's better than Dre. He's great in coverage. He's like a big safety. He had an interception today. He might be the best coverage linebacker I've ever seen. He shuts down the middle of the field. You might as well just don't look there. Sidelines, underneath, can't throw over the middle against. How are you getting the ball over Fred Warner's head? You can't. He's that good. People just avoid him. But without Dre Greenlaw on the field, the Niners couldn't stop the run. 4.7 yards per carry and 160 yards in the ground. Like They were getting dragged around by Kareem Hunt. Fred Warner, too. Fred Warner doesn't exactly always deliver blows. He's a little bit of like a catcher. He'll catch players, grab them, 
wrestle them to the ground, get dragged often. You know who doesn't catch players? I'm quizzing the class. You know who doesn't catch players? That's right. Who said it? That, that was you. Dre Greenlaw. Nah, Dre Greenlaw hits players. He delivers blows. He delivers pain, violence. And not many players in the league do that anymore. Not many players in the Niners do that. He does it. He gets flagged for it. But when he's on the field, you can't run on the Niners because he'll hit the, he'll hit the crap out of you. Pardon my French. You can say that on television. When he's off the field, who are you really afraid of getting hit by on the Niners? Warner? Hafunga? Gibson? Burks? Not sure. Greenlaw is essential to this team. He's the tone setter. He's what Dante Whitner was to the Vic Fangio defense 10 years ago. The Hitner character. That's Greenlaw. And without him, you saw the Niners were kind of soft on defense. They played well. 160 yards on the ground, though. You can't call yourself a, a solid defense when you do that. So without Greenlaw, they're kind of soft on defense. They need Greenlaw back. In the past, they'd have Aziz Alshair who could play just as well as Greenlaw. But without him, they got Oren Burks. That guy's a special teams player. He's not delivering the pain. I was scared of Oren Burks, except for me. I'm scared of Oren Burks. I'm scared of a lot of things. Spiders. The dark. Oren Burks. I'm terrified of Oren Burks. But football players aren't. They might be scared of Dre Greenlaw. He hits hard. They need Greenlaw back. I wonder if he plays next week. It's really important to them. Hamstring injury. They want to be safe. Cautious. Brother Bob drafted Moody for long field goals and deep kickoffs. Scott, neither. Yeah. Ethan M says more of a team loss or a purdy loss. Team loss? What about special teams? If that, if, 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 the, if the rookie kicker could have made two kicks instead of one, if he could have been two for three instead of one for three, they win. I don't think they should be thinking field goal on second down, says 29er. See what you mean? Terrell Thomas says, would you trade Devontae Adams for Debo and a draft pick? And Devontae's like 31. But, no, I don't know. I don't know about that. Rob Schneider says, I count four seconds every drop back. D-line ain't it. Okay. Daza says, Mason ran five for 27 yards. He can get more touches. Yeah, he can. Mike V. Skate says, do you think they could have used GK and Juice more? Nah, man, you're only allowed to give uh, Kittle one target a game. Sorry. Or one catch. Dad said, no, he cannot. Kyle wants to. I'm not saying that. LOL. Forever. Uh, Niner Forever says Moody needs to walk home. <laughs> From Cleveland? It's a really long walk. It's a really long walk. All right, guys, I'm done. I got articles to put up on SI. Check me out over there, si.com slash NFL slash 49ers. I'll be posting things the rest of the day, watching football, hanging out. Sorry your team lost. It's one game. Suck it up. <laughs> You'll be all right. Armchair QB1 says it was a team loss in a series of unfortunate events. Rookie kicker effects showed up. Purdy got the team into a position to win. Yeah, you could say this game the Niners should have won. and. It, it was not a good performance by the Niners. Like, how, what would you grade their overall performance as a team in this game? C minus? D plus? As a team. And yeah, they should have won. 
So that's that's just something, right? You get a C minus D plus performance from the Niners and they should win on the road. That's great. You know why they should have won? Because they're good. They're better than the Browns. That's why they should have won the game. Because they're better than the Browns. And yet they found a way to lose. And a lot of that has to do with the backup, with the not the backup, the rookie kicker. But who's who wanted him? Who thought moving on from the guy who's never missed a, a field goal in the, in the playoffs for a rookie kicker was a smart idea? The Niners. So, not to think about it. Give Robbie Gold a call. See if he answers. What if he doesn't answer? What if the Niners' number is blocked? Have you thought about that? They got to figure it out. Carrier pigeon. Passenger pigeon. Send a, put a little note on like uh, a fortune cookie piece of, like a little tiny little white piece of paper you can roll up, put it on the, on the pigeon's ankle. Tape it to the pigeon. Say, bring this to Robbie Gold who lives in Chicago. Pigeon will take it. Pigeons are incredible. All you got to do is tell them where to go. Kind of like the owls in Harry Potter, but real and even more magical. I learned this from Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai. He would only communicate via pigeon. And that's how I'm going to communicate from now on. Pigeon. Anyway, that's next level stuff. Thank you for watching. I'll see you soon.